The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Today's guest on the Mike Wise Show is a fellow alum of the New York Times and ESPN. He's currently doing his thing for Fox Sports in L.A. Our mystery man is next. But first, Darlene, do your thing, girl. The Mike Wise Show is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. The Mike Wise Show is hosted by a guy who played basketball atrociously for Hawaii Pacific College, which forced him into journalism. And, oh yeah, he wrote about basketball for the New York Times, the Washington Post, and ESPN. He's also a wise-ass, and so are many of his guests. Right, Mike? Darlene, today's guest is definitely a wise man, and maybe a wise-ass too. He's my longtime friend, NBA insider, and just a, a, a good dude, Chris Broussard. Welcome to the program, sir. What's up, man? It's great to be on. I'm honored. Yeah, no, I, uh, I let's talk real quickly. Let's get the uh, the journalism business out of the way. I w- we I guess we're accustomed to this now, and the industry is so different than than when you and I both worked at the New York Times 20, 20 odd years ago. But I, it just bothered me when I saw yesterday Sports Illustrated just hacked wow. its staff. And even though people knew it was coming, it was like, wait, wait, this is the this is the magazine I grew up with. And was one of the reasons I went into the business because I would read stories that weren't just about the games. They were about the real people that played the games and behind the scenes. No, I I agree with you totally. I mean, Sports Illustrated still uh, has been producing great stuff, you know, great long form stories. And I'm not sure that's going to be the case anymore. Or I think there'll be fewer and far between um, with the layoffs. I mean, it just seems like, the attitude that has led to this at Sports Illustrated is like, look, let's just churn out copy. No matter how good it is, no matter how in-depth it is, let's just churn out the copy. And that's not going to be good. That's, that's bad for sports overall because, as you said, Sports Illustrated has done such great stuff. But I've been feeling, uh, Mike, for years now, Kind of almost since newspapers, you know, since the demise of newspapers mm. uh, and, and since the Internet's taken over, long-form writing and those in-depth features, yeah, you see them here and there. But I, I just don't think writing and quality of writing is as important, unfortunately, in today's yeah. culture as it used to be. No, you're you right. Know, it, it's just different now, and it's unfortunate, but that's the way it is. Yeah, it's like it, people all, I mean, what I would say to anybody that's out there thinking about this business or, or consuming it is activity doesn't equal achievement. Right, <laughs> you, right. You, can, you don't just right. throw things out and, and think that that's content. That, that, no, that's lousy content. And right. even, the, even the athletic, and I don't, obviously, if I had a deal with them right now, I probably wouldn't be saying this, but, but I, I have a problem with, you're turning into a fan newsletter where you're hiring everybody's beat writer and <laughs> you're, you're, you're basically catering to fan bases, not real sports journalism readers. And so I feel like there's a, there's a, there's a vacuum in our market now 
that I don't even know if it needs to be filled. And for me and you who grew up like, wow, you get the details, you find out something that nobody else finds out. And then you write this long piece that, that nobody, that's the definitive story on somebody or something and people can't touch it. And, and that, yeah, it is, it's not a commodity anymore. It's too bad. No, I, I know. I, I know. It, this sounds like an in my lawn rant, rant but <laughs> get off my lawn rant. But but it just it bothers me. No, I I agree. I I used to feel like Mike, um, you didn't break stories on Twitter. I mean, <laughs> I yeah, you could break a you know a, a quick transaction, but I felt like you had, to break in the story. You had the details, why it happened, the thought process behind, you know, all yeah. of that. And um, now it just feels like, I mean, sports journalism in general has followed that with back and you can get it out in one or two sentences. And that's how the rest of journalism has kind of, kind of followed that trend. Um, Everybody just kind of cares about getting that little nugget versus, as you said, really digging in and why did something happen? What, you know, what was behind it and, and all of that stuff. So, yeah, it's different, man. And yeah. I, I think people are saying, you know, we could talk about sports and all the different sports, too, and how they've changed, too. Basketball, football, oh. baseball, you know. It's, it's the a- analytics, man, has taken over and changed everything. Everything. Oh, oh I can't, I, you know, and I get it, and I use some of it. I just, I will never calibrate the game more than I celebrate it. I just won't. I right. refuse to. You know, and so right. Chris Broussard is my guest. Uh, he is a person that not only is a, a, col- a fellow, former colleague of mine at the New York Times and shoot for a minute at ESPN. We had a little bit of crossover right. before, before he left for Fox Sports. But he is somebody who um, I, I regard him as someone who is as old as he is contemporary. He's always found a way to move to the next genre. And this radio thing is working out like like I, I'm, I'm half happy for you and i'm half jealous that you are doing a show with rob parker <laughs> the odd couple we could have been the odd couple uh, you right we we really could have i know you got radio experience too um <laughs> but i know i enjoy the show it's great and uh i think you know it's it's funny because uh i know both of you and you guys go back and forth and you know it's just uh it's a, it's a good listen but you you um tr- correct me if i'm wrong you left where you're from, New Jersey, to move to Los Angeles for this job. Yeah, I'm really bi-coastal. That's right. Uh, um, yeah, and so my wife is a medical doctor, and so she she's a partner in her practice, so she couldn't move from her job from New Jersey to L.A. And so she stayed in Jersey, which is where I lived when I worked at ESPN and the New York Times. And so what we do is, I, I'm, like I said, I'm back and forth. So during the NBA season, I'm essentially in Los Angeles for about three weeks every month. And then I'm back to do our show First Things First, which is it show, uh, filmed in New York. Yep. So I, do, I come back to do that 10, for 10 straight days every month. Or, you know, it, it's really one straight week, but it ends up being two weekends in about nine or 10 days. And then in the off season, like when free agency is done, so like mid-July to mid-October before the NBA season starts, I get to stay home in New Jersey for like those three months. So, oh, nice. Yeah, so I'm in Jersey right now, but I'm going back to L.A. Uh, on October 20th. You know, the season starts the 22nd. 
and then I'll be out there the bulk of the NBA season. The good thing is you brought up the radio show. You can do that from anywhere, you, as you know how it works. So I oh, yeah. sometimes uh, I travel. I might do it from Atlanta if I'm speaking yeah. there or Phoenix or wherever. So so it, it doesn't affect that at all. So it, it's, it's worked out pretty well. Yeah, no, I know. I, I know you're in different places sometimes because Rob Parker all of a sudden will go dead, and I'm going, Rob, listen to what he's saying. Just because he's not in front of you, listen to what he's saying. Um, right, that's uh, right. No, yeah, it it no. happened last night a couple times. Yeah, he cracks me up. But any, at any rate, um, uh, this is the story that a lot of people don't know about you. Is um, your your family moved to you? You ended up in Akron. And when people say a certain athlete brought them along, I know Brian Windhorst gets it all the time. Right. Like if there was no LeBron, you'd just be, you know, bagging groceries at a Piggly Wiggly. Like, no, no, right. he wouldn't. No, he wouldn't. But, but I, you know, I think just like, shoot, I wrote a book with Shaquille O'Neal. Um, I, I think that there's certain athletes for whatever reason, proximity or you gravitate toward, um, you become part of their world in a weird way. You were in the same town as LeBron. What would what is your first memory of him? When did you first meet him? You know, it's interesting because, as you said, I worked at the Akron Beacon Journal, and even before at the Beacon Journal, I was at the Plain Dealer, but covering the Akron area high schools for for the Plain Dealer. So I was really covering Akron high schools from ninety, maybe nineteen ninety one until about 1995 when they put me on the Cleveland Cavaliers beat. So I, I bet, because I, I became, I was good friends with a guy who was one of LeBron's mentors. And yeah, he was no, no, I know the guy you, you know introduced. Chris Dennis. Yeah. Chris Dennis has become yeah. like the source of all sources. <laughs> right, right. He, that's right. I introduced you to him for story yeah. in the New York Times. So we were friends because he used to work with some of the Cavaliers players like Bobby Sills and Terrell Brandon mm-hmm. on different events. So I got to know him when I was covering the cast. And he would host summer events, summer tournaments, three-on-three tournaments, dunk contests, and stuff in parks in Akron. So I bet that I saw LeBron play in one of those as a little kid. I mean, and, not, and maybe not even saw him play, but that LeBron was probably out at one of those somewhere. And, you know, when I was just there reporting or watching it. Mm-hmm. So that would be a first thing that may be a connection. But then Chris Dennis told me when I went to the New York times, uh, when LeBron was in the eighth grade, he told me, he said, Hey man, we got the next, the next guy, the next Jordan. Uh, and he told me, you know, LeBron James. And, and of course, in my mind, I'm thinking, yeah, right. You know, like Ohio has been a football state. It hasn't been this terrific basketball state. Um, so I'm thinking, uh, I, I, I doubt it, but hey, okay, I'll, I'll entertain this. And yeah, okay, he's going to be great. And he was telling me how he was on the national level in the AAU games. He was just dominating. And even if their team lost, he was still dominant. And so um, obviously, as a couple, couple years from then, LeBron became this national figure. And the way that I got into a good relationship with LeBron was that there was a, before I went to ESPN, the magazine, so I'm still at the New York times. Mm. The magazine wrote an article about LeBron. He was on the cover. You probably remember the cover where he had a do rag on and it was a side shot of him. Mm -hmm. But the article was 
somewhat, it painted his mom in kind of a negative light. Uh, and it even mentioned that, like, LeBron had smoked weed and, and stuff like that, if I remember correctly. So it, LeBron hated the article. And oh, there, was, vowed, this the Tom, was this the Tom Friend piece? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, because yes. we were out there at the exact same time. Really? Um, yes. When you we did were the out piece there. for the Times? Yes, and I did the piece for the Times. And um, I remember his mom, you know, I just, I, I I felt sorry for Gloria more than anything. I knew that she, I knew that she had a drug problem. I knew right. that she, I, I couldn't tell whether she was on it or not, but I knew she was, she was very jittery and unsure. And as you know, I mean, he was, he, he was the primary caretaker of himself until, Frankie and those guys, Frankie Walker and those guys right. got involved. And so, so I, I kind of, I never, I had a hard time going after her in any way uh, other than, other than, you know, she's man, you know, LeBron had to raise right. himself because she's got a lot of issues and Tom and friend, look, I, I know him. I don't even know if he works for ESPN anymore. I just feel like, yeah, he went overboard there and he was angry that I was getting any time with the family and them, but but the bottom line Maybe is that's why he, but you're right. He, he, I mean, he went hard at her. Yeah, he I'm did. Sure he did. Remember. But the co- the coolest thing we did was we went out to see him play some, some sorry ass bunch of, uh, you know, white kids from some suburban school at a little gym <laughs> and, and LeBron broke the rim on a dunk and they had to cancel the whole tournament. And so, really, and the mom wa- and Gloria wanted the rim. Well, she was going to sue him if she didn't get the rim. She said she was going to sue the school. It was, but it was the. I, I got to think it's the first rim that LeBron broke, and I was there, and I always reminded of it. And, and friend was there too, and sort of. And even then, anyway, we go into. Don't mention friend's name to him. Oh no 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 no! But any but any rate, he you know he didn't like that piece, and so and obviously you were at the the magazine at the time, or, or you were going to. Well, be. I was at yeah, I was at the time. So what yeah. happened was he he had he had he had. Uh, What's the word? He had um, basically had cut off his relationship with ESP in the magazine. Yeah. And to some degree, even ESP, to some degree. So he was not doing anything with ESP for a couple of years. And so I, his, uh, you know, again, I was tight with Chris Dennis. Yeah. And so LeBron had hired a PR guy who, who he got from Jay-Z, from Rockefeller and all that. And so I met the PR guy was like, look, we want to improve this relationship with ESPN. We can't, you know, you just, you got to have a relationship with ESPN and this isn't good and all that. And so Chris Dennis told him, look, there's a guy I know just went to ESPN the magazine, Chris Broussard, you know, you could trust him, blah, blah, blah. He's covered Dakar area. And so I met with Keith. He and I hit it off. We had a couple of lunches together. We hit it off. And he liked me, and then he he so he set up our first the first article in maybe two or three years between ESPN the magazine and LeBron James. Mm. And if you remember, it was about what we did was remember the movie Glory Road. Yes, right. So LeBron was really into that whole story about the first all black starting five Texas Western that won the national championship. And so we did a story where I watched the movie with LeBron and then we I did a, a I like moderated a discussion between LeBron Pat Riley who played in that game for Kentucky um and then some of the guys that played Texas Western uh Louis Dampier who was also on Kentucky was there 
and David Latin, I think was his name, and played for Texas Wade. So it so that was the story. And it was told, I wrote it in the first person, so like in LeBron's voice. And so from there, you know, I got to know LeBron. You know how a magazine piece, Mike, you know, you get to spend so much time with a guy. And that's how you really well, you, you, well, you use Well, you used to. <laughs> But right, yeah, right, 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 right. But yeah, but yeah, but you, you, but yeah, you're right. You, and so that's how you, so that's, that's how, how you developed uh, the relationship. With yeah. me. And I probably did six, six. I probably did six uh, cover stories on him for wow. ESPN the magazine. So, so we can blame you. So we can blame you for the Miracle Mile or whatever, the Magnificent Mile that he got into business with ABC for. You, we can blame you for all the business that LeBron has got into with Disney now. Hey, you, you can throw it on me. You can throw it on me. <laughs> Uh, but I tell great. you what, you mentioned just quickly. You mentioned like you know his upbringing and and yeah. all that. It, it, it look, I, he's not perfect, obviously, but it's amazing to come from the challenges he faced that he's become what he has. Not just as obviously as a basketball player, but the stuff he's done off the court and his business savvy and stuff. Oh. It's uh, it's pretty interesting. Like if you thought you know. Everybody, all the players like to talk like they're from the hood and stuff. And if you had to pick which players you really think are from the hood, he would not be, because he's so polished and stuff, you would think, you wouldn't think him, but he's had, he had a tougher upbringing than probably 99% of the players in the league. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, no, when you, when you hear the stories and when you, it's funny how he's gotten so big now, people really forget where he came from and, right. and having driven, you know, having Chris Dennis driven me by the, the, the apartment complex on the Hill where he and his mom lived for a while before, you know, he, his mom basically gave him up for a while where she tried to fix herself. I mean, he, you know, it's, it's amazing. And I, I'm blown away to the guy's probably one, if not the most recognizable athlete in the world. He's got to be, you know, one, two, or three. Right. Um, and you're, where, where do you think he is now in his head? I mean, part, this is my amateur psychology about LeBron right now. Is that he went through such a uh, a year last year, a, a devastating year career-wise, that it almost entrenched the fact that he's famous for basketball. All this comes from basketball. And if his legacy is going to be complete, if he doesn't, he's got to win another title or he's got to get to that elite place again with his team. And however long he's got left, while, while the, the entertainment world, the, the charitable world, the social con, the socially conscious athlete world is all out there waiting for him. And part of him now that he knows down deep, he's got to he's got to get a, a squad that wins another to be looked at as he was before. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I, I do think when LeBron went to LA, that he felt like, and he even said it, and then he kind of backtracked after he caught heat. But remember, he said last year, "I don't have anything to prove." And I think he went to L.A. feeling like, look, I've won my three rings. I got my MVPs. I dominated the East. I'm recognized as the best player in the world. If I win, yeah, of course I want to win in L.A. I'm going to try my best. But if I don't, you know, it's all good. I mean, I'm LeBron James. Everybody knows what I've done. And then last year, as you said, I mean, the – I don't think he understood. And I said this before he went to L.A. I said, look, LeBron better understand. If you go to the Lakers, they're not going to be happy getting to the second round. Mm -hmm. They're not going to be happy with you just gracing them with your presence. They're not going to be happy getting to the finals 
and losing. You have to win titles because everybody on that in that franchise's history, other than Elgin Baylor, who was at your level or close, Jerry West, Wilt Chamberlain, Shaq, Kareem, Magic, Kobe, they all won championships, at least one. And if you go there as the great LeBron James and you don't, it will be a knock against you. And I don't think he understood that. I don't think he believed it. And I think when he, you know, I mean, it's funny, Mike. I believe Kobe Bryant's stature now, the Bleacher Report rankings notwithstanding, um, but I believe <laughs> Kobe Bryant's stature actually increased last year because of LeBron's struggles. Like, people looked at it like, mm. why? I mean, Kobe was, you know, LeBron doesn't look as good as, yeah. as Kobe was looking. And he had you know what? You're car. right. You, you know what I call this? The Bush, of, I mean, the Trump effect. You know, look, George Bush was the most hated man in America right. until Donald Trump <laughs> came along. All of a sudden, oh, George Bush, right. W wasn't that bad. That's a great but, point. But, I, I agree with you totally, too. You're right. Um, but, yeah, so I think, you know, I mean, he got booed at times. I mean, people were comparing him to Kobe endlessly. There are a lot of Lakers fans that aren't feeling LeBron. Uh, the way things happened last year, a lot of people didn't like it so I do think now he understands the gravity of the decision he made and that, look, I need to deliver on the court. Now, I don't – look, I think they could win the championship this year. I think the Clippers are the rightful favorite. Um, if I had to bet – now, I'm not going to count LeBron out. I'm going to give him a shot to win one again. But if I had to bet, I would have to bet he probably doesn't win another title. What? Yeah, that's, I mean, but that's but that's blasphemy. That's King James blasphemy. <laughs> I, I well, first of all, you know this, Mike. I mean, you covered the league <laughs> even longer than me. Uh, at some point, Father Time's kicking in, and yeah. you never know when. You know, and a lot of times it comes, it comes suddenly. So you got you. We have to wonder about that. But I just think that LeBron has typically taken, like with Kyrie, it took a year for them to win the championship. With Wade, it took a year. You know, there's an adjustment period to adjusting to playing with LeBron if you're oh. another star. And so, if I mean, if it if they don't win it this year, if that history holds true, I mean, he's gonna be a year older next year. You know, Mister, so this this hurts my ears to hurt. This hurts my ears to even does. hear me. No, I mean, I he's like he does, you're saying. You're saying sure. you're saying LeBron James is going to essentially become what Mike Tyson was to us. Um, in the late nineties where we, we kept, we kept ordering the fights waiting for Mike Tyson to be Mike Tyson again. And he never was. Wow. I, I, I don't think the drop off is as, as much as Tyson's, but okay. there's a little bit of that too. But look, I'm going to give him a shot. I hope yeah. I'm wrong. Uh, but if I had to bet my life on with LeBron with another ring, I probably would say yeah. no. Well, Tyson disagrees. I would discombobulate you, Chris Broussard, <laughs> if you ever say that against LeBron again. Um, uh, so, um, uh, I know you're out of time, Clark. You we could great. be the eye couple, man. We we definitely could have been the eye couple. <laughs> hey, I'll, I, I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna put into uh, I don't know who to call Charlie Dix, whoever. I'll put in for like a you know a part time thing where whoever's taking <laughs> whoever's taking vacation that week. 
have to ask Bruce Bernstein if I could get the week off. Um, but uh, uh, Chris Broussard is with us, always giving us good time. Um, let's go. Before I let you go, I want to go a little deeper here because one of the things that um, that I respect you for immensely, irrespective of whether we agree or not on certain issues, is your um, your religion and your beliefs. And some people have criticized you. I have myself for proselytizing <laughs> with other uh, about about your beliefs to others. Um, and I, I know what you would say, like, that's part of the religion you try to. Right. But, but I guess I guess what I would say is um, I almost feel like and I, and I don't want to be don't want to be disrespectful at all, because my wife, I right. go to a Unitarian church. My father was an Episcopal minister like I, I have. I have, uh, and we've been I, to church together. Remember, in Dallas, that's true. Right, that's right. true. We went to church in Dallas. I together. dragged you kicking and screaming, but <laughs> oh god! And that was that was a mega church, right? Right. It was, that was T. awesome. Jakes' church. It was. Oh, T. that was he, he wasn't before there. T. He before T. D. Jakes was big. Right. Right. Yeah. And um, right. so 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 at any rate, I I really you know I'm I'm one of these people walk the walk, talk the talk. You. Um, you've taken some real hits for this. Do you think that there's a pressure from either mainstream media, secular society to almost tamp that down? And what I mean by that is, for instance, um, I, there might be a lot of reasons why Mark Jackson doesn't get a job. But part of me right. thinks it's because of his religious beliefs uh, that are th- that are, I don't know, anti um not gay, but but he he, he believes certain men. moral yeah there's certain yeah. moral codes more yeah certain moral yeah. codes that the NBA thinks is intolerant and I wonder if that that hurts his employment. Yeah, it's a that's a great uh, question. Um, I I do I I think for whatever reason Mark Jackson has definitely been blackballed. I don't think there's yeah. any doubt about that because as you I mean look. Steve Kerr, he took that team to levels nobody foresaw. But Mark Jackson did do a very good job with that team. And oh. so he definitely deserves another shot. And and maybe I could he could Mark have won a championship with that team? I think there's a good chance maybe he could have. Yeah. You know? Um, but anyway, I I think the religion may be part of it. I think there are other reasons as well, you know. The ownership in Golden State, I don't think, speaks highly of Mark behind closed doors, you know, uh, and and, that and, and, and 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 yeah, and they, you know, they, I mean, obviously owners speak, but they've all. Yeah. This is also a very successful ownership group, and so I think that's hurt him. Um, again, religion may be a little part of it. You know, Mark had his struggles because he had the the issue when the the stripper tried to embezzle or uh, yeah. extort him. And I think that a lot of people looked at that as, because oh, Mark is very much, you know, outspoken about his religion, as you know. Sure. And I think people looked at it as, well, he was so outspoken, but yet then you had this situation. So some people looked at it as hypocrisy. That might be a part of it as well. Um, but yeah, I think, look, I, I'll say that America's never been a Christian nation. I mean, if if, you, if it had been a Christian nation, we would not have needed a Martin Luther King or a Frederick Douglass or any of these freedom fighters that fought against racism. But what it was was a, a nation that did have a respect and, and the general culture 
of it was based on Judeo-Christian principles. Like most people had a, a worldview based on those biblical principles. And so America has now moved away from that and is, is moving rapidly away from those Judeo-Christian principles. And because of that, the people that still hold true to those morals and beliefs, you are catching some flack. Um, you are viewed as intolerant and so on and so forth. And my thing is, look, we're in a pluralistic society. Just like I can work with befriend, respect a, a colleague or person who I may disagree with their lifestyle or their beliefs. You and I, as you say, we don't agree on everything, but we're still able to be friends and even talk about our differences and respect one another. I think if, if I can do that, then the person who's, uh, the, another person should be able to do the same with Christians. You know, they may not like our beliefs or our views or, our faith, but you should still be able to respect us and work with us and treat us in a civil manner, mm. just like we do with you. And, the, and, and here's the thing too, Mike, it's not just Christians. Everybody is, America's, or at least a lot of people on the left, especially are embracing fine with our family members. Well, look, look what we do to our Jewish but brothers have, and sisters. Look what we do to our Muslim brothers and right. sisters. And, and they, but they, morally, they have the same views the Orthodox yeah. Jews and, and the Muslims, even to a stricter yeah. extent, as, as Bible-believing Christians. So I just think tolerance goes both ways. And in a yep. pluralistic society, we all have to be tolerant, even if we disagree with one another on different things. Amen. Amen to that, brother. And Lashana Tovada, my brother, Bruce Bernstein. Uh, it's <laughs> it is the Jewish New Year. Uh, uh, so, uh, real quick, word of association before I let you go, because um, you're always good at this, and now you've become um, very successful on television and radio. I, I'm just going to throw some crazy ones out there. Jason Whitlock, word of association. Wow. Uh, controversial. <laughs> Kyrie, Ir Kyrie Irving. Handle. Handle. Okay. Best handle in NBA history. Okay, all right. Carmelo Anthony. Sad. Mm, very good. Because yeah. I I don't like seeing an all-time great beg to get back in the league, especially when he's not getting back in the league. Uh, it's, it is sad. It is sad. I almost wish he, he wasn't the top banana at, at the team he was on. If he was the second banana, I think he could have won a title at some point. But Yeah, uh, you think he's the first ballot Hall of Famer, right? Yeah, I do. Personally. Yeah, you look at the, the numbers and everything. You right. can't, you know, he's, I mean, I don't know. Nolan Ryan never won a World Series, but nobody ever thought right. about keeping him out of the Hall of Fame. Um, Boogie Cousins. Uh, the first word that came to my mind when you said him was just injuries. It's mm. unfortunate. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, just, he, he's never going to get that huge payday. How about cell phone conversation? No, I'm kidding. That's, 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 that's just mean. My our, our, the guy, one of the guys on the Pure Hoops Media, Eric Newman. He, I don't know if you met him. Great dude. He uh, he does a show with B.J. Armstrong. I He's feel the, like he, I know him. Yeah, he documentary. He's a New York documentarian now. Used to be a Bleacher Report. He he had the unfortunate um, 
job of, of producing Rick Buecher at once, which I mean, that's like <laughs> that, that, that's like being, you know, like, you know, the old guy at Starbucks and you're um, and, and, and the and the 16 year old at the cash register is your boss. That's what it must. Have right. Like. But, but Eric Newman did a Showtime documentary, you know, Boogie. He's the one who's doing the Boogie documentary. And I feel like every Not, time something go happens, into bad, all that? yeah, and every time the, something the happens, with, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I just well, yeah. I, now, now let me say that, and this isn't getting away from him personally. As great as Boogie is individually, I never felt he played winning basketball. Hmm, that's and, a good point. Know, yeah, I mean, obviously he was fine in Golden State because you know he's not going to go in and screw that up. But I just think he was, you know, he didn't do the little things, the intangibles. That and he took, you know, at the wrong moment, he take a bad three. He, you know, yeah, just do something, you know. So, uh, great individual talent, though. But yeah. hopefully, we'll see what happens. I just hope justice is served in this situation. All right, a couple more. Nikola Jokic, Ooh. phenomenal Jokic. was the word that came yeah. to mind. Um, yeah. people don't understand how great he is. Yeah, Great. it kind of reminds me of me in the media games. The, <laughs> hey, the passing. Slow, the, slow yeah. can shoot the three. <laughs> I don't know if he calls a foul every time he doesn't make a yeah. shot, but. <laughs> oh, that's my three favorite words, man. My three favorite words. I got it. But yeah, I got it. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, you got what? I didn't touch you. Uh, 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 um, uh, let's see. James Harden. Oh, I mean, beard was the first word that came to mm. mind, but uh, this dude, man, my, you know what Harden makes me think? Mm. He reminds you that it's a game of skill. Yeah, Because he's not the most athletic. I think about Oscar. Now, Oscar was obviously strong and big for that age, but that day and time. But Oscar, Magic, Bird, none of them were like what we consider athletic today. Yeah, but they had skills, and James Harden reminds us that you might not be the greatest athlete in the world, the quickest, whatever, fastest, jump the highest, but if you've got skills and you reach that that level, you know there's a threshold of athleticism you have to have. Mm-hmm. If you got that threshold and you got skills, you can be outstanding in this game. Yeah, you you hit it on the head. I even have more appreciation for him after you said that because. I don't think there's a hero ball, ball part of him, but that's because of the people put around him. I'm going to say it right now in October. I think if things go right, I think the Houston Rockets could be NBA champions this year. Really? I think this is their only window, but I think if Westbrook and him learn to play together, I I, I could see them winning it all in a year in which AD was trying to get acclimated in L.A., and Kawhi was trying to get acclimated with Paul George and the Clippers, much like much like the Heat um, that first year with LeBron and Bosh and Wade, right. like where they were, they were. That was the only year that they were going to be caught by a right. team like Dallas. And then they started playing, and then of course the Spurs undid them late. But anyway, so this is um, it'll be interesting. Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting. No, it's going to be a great season. Chris Broussard, Fox Sports One. You can see him on television. You can see it. You can listen to him. The Odd Couple on radio, and and you know you just found out that not only is he uh, a a font of basketball wisdom, 
He's a hell of a human being. Thank you, my friend. My man, enjoy it. Anytime you need me, let me know. When you're out in L.A. or New York, you got to hit me up, man. Didn't oh, you know no. We, we, I, I owe you a meal. Thank you so much. All right. I heard that. I'm marking All it right. down. You owe me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Let's go. Time to stick the landing. I'll do my best, Darlene. Have a great rest of the week. Thanks to our guest, Chris Broussard of Fox Sports. Thanks also to producer and content guru, Bruce Bernstein. Bruce is also Monica McNutt's sidekick on Buckets, Boards, and Blocks from Pure Hoops Media, which drops every Thursday. Ben Wolfen edits all of our Pure Hoops shows. Speaking of, our other shows are the Pure Hoops podcast with BJ Armstrong and Eric Newman with new shows each Friday. Catch and Shoot comes your way each Wednesday, and I'm here every Monday with fascinating guests and brilliant takes or something, whatever, on the Mike Wise Show. Please download, subscribe, rate, and review all of our shows. Leave us feedback, and we'll aim to please. Till next week on The Mike Wise Show, aloha. The Mike Wise Show used to be called The Wise Ass Show, but it remains a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.